Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom Fertile. Welcome one and all. Uh, good to be here, David. David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us to see and to hear what we're called to see and to hear? Absolutely, absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your kindness and goodness. Thank you for, uh, for desiring us, for creating us uh, out, of, out of love, for wanting us. And in a world where we try to, uh, try to, to satisfy that, uh, that desire to be wanted in so many places, it's there with you. And you so patiently wait. So we, we give you our hearts right now. We ask you to uh, to come into our hearts, into our lives, come into this conversation. Thank you for the gift of, of sacred scripture, this beautiful story of your love. Uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you into the conversation to, to, to penetrate the deepest part of our hearts, especially those areas where we may have covered up, where we may have just pushed down any hurts or wounds or, or, or anything that's, uh, that's preventing us from fully uh, accepting God's love. So we invite you into those deep, deep places. We ask you, dear Holy Spirit, to come into the hearts of all those who are listening right now. We ask you to bless their families and their friends, everything that they're involved with. And we ask you to bless us all with a holy boldness, a holy boldness to, to, uh, to be Jesus, to be Jesus in, uh, in school, in the workplace, and on the ball field, in the conversations, everywhere we go, to be his love. And then when people ask, what's, what's going on with you that we'll, uh, we'll be able to share the reason for our joy and our hope. Thank you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And our reading here this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. 
While you were sharing, Tom, I was underlining, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'm thinking, whew, thank you, Lord, you didn't give me those keys because <laughs> there'd be a whole lot of binding, loosening, and it'd be a very, very knotted up heaven. <laughs> so you know what? This is an amazing passage because this is really the foundation of the of Mother Church, the Catholic Church, because the keys were given singularly to Peter, Peter the Rock, Petra, which is which is the, the, the Greek for, for Peter, was given to Peter a singular set of keys. Those keys we know come from the Old Testament, the keys that were given to the royal steward of the house of David, of the kingdom of David, so that that royal steward with those keys would govern the kingdom in the absence of the king. And I find it fascinating because Jesus here in this sentence says, I will, future tense, I will give you. He didn't give them to him right then. Why? Because he was still with them. He was the king. But when Jesus left, Mm. those keys were given to bind, to loose, to govern the church. Christ's church, who he is the king of that church, were, were given to Peter. Everyone that followed after him, they were given to him after Christ left. And they were given so that that vicar of Christ, that royal steward, would govern the kingdom with the heart of the king. And that king is Jesus Christ. So, man, I am so grateful, Father, that you gave us the church, the Roman Catholic Church, because we know the Bible tells us that the bulwark and foundation of truth is the church. And I thank you for the obedience of the popes down through the centuries, though broken many, in many, many cases, that the Holy Spirit guided them and protected your church with all truth. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I'm, I'm grateful that you gave them to that, to Peter, to him, and, and not to a knucklehead like me <laughs> or 1.3 or 1.7 billion other Christians to bind and loose. You know, and a lot of time, David, you know, it's, we, we look back and we, we don't have the same perspective. You know, we talk about keys today. Well, you know, someone gets the key to the city. Well, it's an honorary thing. It really has no meaning. But as you said in the Old Testament, I mean, you go back to Joseph, you know, when Joseph was, was, uh, was you know, rose up um, to be the steward for the emperor. And when his brothers came to him seeking the, the wheat from the famine, you know, he was not the king. He was not the emperor. But in, 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 the, in the figurative and the literal sense, he had the keys. He con- conducted the business. He was able to give, he conducted the business for the emperor. And that's that's where this comes from. So the so the disciples are, you know, when they're hearing these words from Christ, there's no doubt in their mind. They, they, they get the clear imagery of the keys because it's, it's so rooted, you know, in all throughout history that, you know, you're not the king, you're not the ruler, but you're acting instead of, you're acting in the, in the place of, you're acting and conducting the business, which is just a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful gift that we have. And the fact that God can use broken humanity. We've had some we've had some real characters that were popes throughout the centuries that weren't quite the holy men we would hope they would be, but yet even in their brokenness, God used them and protected yes. his church through his holy spirit because when you're given the keys, it's the holy spirit that guide you in the use of those keys. So the Holy Mother Church in 2000 plus years haven't changed. We've grown in our understanding. But what is truth is truth. And it's all grounded biblically mm-hmm. in that one truth who is Christ. And, and you look at Peter's life. Was he treated any differently by, by the other disciples? Yes. You know, if you, if you, so I never looked at the word will, David, until you just said it. I will give you. So, right. so those keys were given. And when there was disputes, they brought those disputes to Peter. Authority is, is, uh, is awesome. You know, we, 
we have authority not to you know for it to be lorded over us, but for us to to be able to live in freedom. Right. So authority in the areas of faith and morals, if we follow that, then we live. We can run and play and jump with total freedom, right? Total freedom. It's uh, it, it's it's freeing. That again, we you know, we spoke about this in the past. Trading opinion for obedience. That you know that having. That uh, that gift of authority given to us by Jesus is a gift, you know, but we need to trade our opinion for obedience. And when we are, um, when we submit and we are obedient, it's fr- it's freedom, total freedom. You know, sometimes people struggle. You know, how how could because Peter was, you know, Peter's rebuked later on. How could he have been given some authority or or any any in, in leadership? How could they have authority? You know. Well, God uses imperfect people because, as far as I can tell, that's all he has <laughs> to work with, right? <laughs> since, Mar- so, since Mary's already uh, assumed exactly. in heaven, right? <laughs> so it's not even looking back at Peter and, 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 and the Pope, but even for our own lives, you know, because how many times do we think, well, I could never do that. I can't accomplish that. God can't use me. Well, of course he can. That's, that's what he has to work with. He has worked with people who, 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 are, who are less than perfect, people who have are, are flaws. So, yes, in Peter's brokenness, he can still establish him as, as the rock on which the church is built. Um, I mean, Paul used to kill Christians before he became, you know, as Saul, before he became a prolific writer. So he, God has always used imperfect people who have denied him. Jonah ran away. Uh, Moses didn't think that he was qualified. I mean, that's it, all throughout Scripture. We get that constant message that God can use people in their brokenness and take that and, and do tremendous things. So how could we even doubt today that we're not called to, 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 to abide with his will and to cooperate and, and go where he tells us to go? He's always used use imperfect people. Um, that's what he has, and that's who we are. But it's the trust, it's the acceptance, it's the saying, you know what, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, you know, but if you say you're going to do it, I trust, I believe, I have faith, I will follow, and I will go as you send me. You know what I mean? Again, again, and again, and again, the church, the Catholic Church teaches that all baptized Christians, Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are members of the one body of Christ with one head Jesus Christ. So all our separated brothers and sisters since, you know, the break in the 1500s, since the split, the schism in, in the year 1000, around 1000, you know, all of them are our brothers and sisters to fight the one common enemy. But what happens is when you go away from God's plan and his authority over the church un, in submission to the Holy Spirit under his heart, when you go away from that, then you think you have the right to bind and loose. You can say, well, contraception's fine, even though contraception means against life, and we know God isn't against life, and we say, oh, abortion at this time and this, that's fine. And we say, oh, two men and two women, they can be married, and pastors will tell you that. But you see, when you go away from the church, and you go on your own, and you decide you can bind and loose, you will be led astray, because pride will slip in. They don't have that authority. There's one authority. The Bible tells us one bulwark, one foundation of truth, Holy Mother Church, founded on Peter the Rock. Yes, broken humanity. Peter, a couple weeks later, a couple passages later, you know, is being told by Jesus, get behind me, Satan. So Jesus is already saying, hey, you're going to have some knucklehead popes, but I'm going to protect my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. I'm going to protect my church in spite of of their sinfulness. And so as we look at that, you know, the church is made up of all sinners. That's <laughs> reality. You know, it is beautiful. But I'm so grateful, and I thank God. I try every day to thank God for Holy Mother Church and her teachings because, you know what, if it was left to me to decide what Scripture is telling me, oh, my goodness, 
Oh, my goodness. I would be lost because I would twist and contort to make it be just exactly the way I'd want it to be. And it happens again and again and again. And that's why today I think there's probably over 40,000 denominations in, in, in Christendom. Why? Oh, because my opinion, I get the right to choose and bind and loose. And your opinion, you get the right to bind and loose. So we'll split and we'll have another church mm. and we'll have another church and we'll have another church. But to the extent that we all understand also that all of those separated brothers and sisters are our brothers and sisters. They are part of the body of Christ. Let's lock arms and let's let's not tell them we're right, you're wrong. Let's show them biblically where we get it and let God do what God does. We're called to water, to sow, to plant, to fertilize. We are not called to grow. It is not us that unveils truth. It says it right here. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. So let's pray for the unveiling of their eyes and their hearts to that truth so that abortion can end in Christendom. Contraception against life can end in Christendom. And marriage can be defended by all 1.7 billion Christians in the world. We can lock arms and fight the common enemy that's looking to deceive us and looking to lead us through our flesh, through our desires. And with school upon us, uh, sorry, any uh, any kids listening? Uh, school is uh, school is a coming. Uh, I'm just thinking of of textbook versus teacher, right? In school, if uh, in time you're 20 years and you get a tough time getting out of high school, right? Took you 20 years to get out of high school, school right? right. Uh, but you've been there in all different levels of, of ministry, teaching, vice principal, principal, pre- president. Um, how well would things go if? A textbook was given at the beginning of the year for each class, for each student, and a teacher never showed up. Would there be much understanding right, yeah, and learning going on? Sure, no. sure. Right, so, so the order in which this happens with, with the church is, uh, is really telling because Jesus is the ultimate teacher. And he, and he established the church and he imparted to the people that he was training you know, the, the, the faith and morals that he wanted to, to carry on. And that went on for, for centuries before the textbook came. So the teaching was there, and then the textbook came, and it wasn't until you know fifteen hundred years when it, that, that textbook was available for individual consumption, and you know, with the printing press and everything. So, um, so Jesus came to establish a church, and uh, and the textbook followed, but the church was established, the authority, the teaching, everything without without the textbook. So, oh, yeah, for, so yeah, so when when you're taught first, and then the textbook comes, it's like wow, that makes that makes sense. Um, but I think the other way around, like you're saying, David, you know, could be a little challenging. Like if someone, if their first intro is the Bible and that's all they stay with and there's no uh, teaching behind teaching it. Teaching authority. Yeah, no teaching authority. And um, yeah, so it's it's beautiful how, how Jesus laid this out. And we got to look at the early church, Rob, because, you know, we think the Bible's been around since Christ, you know, rose from the dead. Right. No, 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 no. There was, I think, 192 epistles, letters, and there was a 39 gospels floating around, and the Catholic Church and the popes got together in first pope in, in, I think, 392, and then again in 405, to convene to say what books, what books, what letters out of 192, and what gospels out of 39 really truly are fully inspired and should become the canon of sacred scripture. So the bishops that gathered with which you know with the pope decided the canon what makes up sacred scripture the 27 books of the new testament was decided by the pope and the catholic church so all our separated brothers and sisters 
They use the family book. So that's our connector with them because they're using the family book. They didn't thank the Lord, go out and you know try and form their own book. So that gift was given to the church, and it's shown exactly then because for the first 300-plus years, it was only Holy Mother Church who taught the faith through the letters, through the Gospels, and then chose the canon of sacred scripture. Beautiful. You know, and our our life in Christ through the church should cause us to change. We should be different. You know, uh, we don't we don't choose uh, a, a church, a, a path of following Christ because it's cool or it's popular or it seems like it's uh, you know it feels good about it. You know, Lord knows that there's very few groups today that are, are you know as Catholics we can still be uh, made fun of and ridiculed in the media. And that, I guess we're unprotected class yet at this point. You know, but I don't I don't choose my Catholic faith because it's in vogue. I don't choose it because you know I like the uh, I like the children's program. I choose it because I believe it's truth. Right. And that should be the quest of, of all people of faith to keep, Dave, you're always saying, keep going further, keep going deeper, keep asking the Lord to, to change our hearts and to take us further along the journey. And and that's that's the message. We, 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 we believe because of truth. We accept because we believe in that truth and we, and we subscribe to that authority. The church changes us. Our faith changes us. It's not vice versa. Hmm. We don't build God in our image and likeness. We don't have the church change a teaching because we, we don't try change. sometimes. Where right? we, we do, right? <laughs> we don't change a teaching because we think it, we don't we don't uh-huh. like it, you know. And so when I when I've struggled in my faith life, if, if if particular you know church teachings, well, again with humility and with obedience, you know, I, I operate, I accept, and then I pray for that understanding to understand. I pray for that wisdom. I pray for that guidance so that I'm converted, so that I'm taking into the deeper waters. That's our journey. And that's why it's so important uh, to to select when you're really having to struggle with something in your faith or, or just in living out the faith that you really uh, discern and pray who you should who you should talk to. Because if you if you talk to someone that's just going to be like, oh yeah, you're right, you know, that, that you, you can be in a lot of trouble. So I remember one time I was having a struggle personally, and I was talking to a priest, and I was hoping that he would say, you know, yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, you've, you've done enough. You, you did, you, you, you know, you, you did your. So I laid out the whole thing and how much I was trying and how much I was, you know, sacrificing. And and at the end, I was waiting for him to come and give me like the, oh yeah, good, good boy. He's like, is that it? Is that all you have, Rob? You're called to die to yourself every day for this person. It's like, man, yes, Father. Right. So, you know, if I got someone that was like, Oh, you're right, Rob, you did it. You did everything, you know, you 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 tried enough, you you sacrificed right. enough, you know, wait for the other person to sacrifice, uh, you know, I, I would have been led astray. So uh, And and yeah. God knows he created us. We are physical people. We have senses. We have hearing. Um, he created psychology. So you could say, well, I can just sit in my room and I can pray one-on-one. And you can. And you, and you can have that intimate relationship and you can have prayer. But God, again, through the gift of, of reconciliation, as you're talking about, Rob, God puts somebody there who can actually hold you accountable, who can actually speak the words. Because, again, we are spiritual, but we're temporal. We need to hear things. We need to hear language. We need to be held accountable. Lord knows I need a two-by-four on a regular basis. Basis, you know, and sometimes God puts someone in my life to give me the two by four. But He created all the aspects of our lives, and so He uses those beautiful gifts, like the sacrament of reconciliation, to put somebody there who can vocalize things that we may need to hear at that moment. And you know, for me, I have my own story. You know, people look and they question. They say, "Well, why is Christian divorce rate at fifty-five percent, and the world divorce rate is fifty-five percent?" See, you're the same of us. 
Well, that's because most of Christendom has gone away from the teachings of Holy Mother Church. I'm a Roman Catholic, but I didn't know my faith faith till 13 years ago when I hit the wall, broke into a thousand pieces, and the Lord rebuilt me. Well, in that rebuilding process, I went through a horrific time in my life where my wife and I, we couldn't reconcile, and we ended up going through a divorce. Well, the Catholic Church teaches there's no such thing as a divorce. We go right to the Bible. You know, God hates divorce, number one. The church says we can't separate what God's put together, but I I can't fight the free will of another. And so we went through a divorce, and I was dying. Two and a half years, I lived single. I was just me and the Lord, and that's good. That's what God wanted, because too many times people go through a divorce, and they go out into the world, they find somebody else. That's not the answer. So thank God for the wisdom of Holy Mother Church who said, whoa, you need to heal first as an individual. Your former spouse needs to heal as an individual with their relationship with God. Walk that out. And then I thank God for Holy Mother's Church's teaching that there is no such thing as a divorce, and they have what they call the annulment process. Well, what is that? That's a church ruling over it? No. The church says, let's go back to the beginning, David. When you said I, your I do, were you in that state of grace mm-hmm. to be able to enter into that covenant then? Well, I wasn't. I was broken, addicted, you name it. I was a total wreck. I had no idea. But that learning process was healing. It was healing for me. It was healing, I believe, for my former spouse. You know, And so God allowed it. It's not what he wanted. It's not what he wanted from the beginning. Allowed it to happen so I could experience the true wisdom and beauty of the Catholic annulment process that helped me heal. And then I met a woman who wasn't Catholic, who also was divorced. She had to walk that out with me. Had she said no? We would be. I couldn't. I couldn't go out out with her. When I met her, I went to my spiritual director. I said, Monsignor, before I take one step, you represent to me Holy Mother Church. You know, you 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 are an incredible spiritual leader. Help me. And so he gave me the counsel, and he walked. I went to my canon lawyer. I said, Yo, canon lawyer, help me. He helped me walk both of us through the annulment process. And when the church came back then and said, you know, what you did in the beginning was not truly that sacramental marriage, then we were open and free based on the authority of Holy Mother Church to enter into that sacramental union. And it was a long two and a half year process. And my my now bride, my now wife, had to walk it as a non-Catholic because I couldn't marry her unless she chose to walk it with me. And she honored my faith, honored the church's belief, and walked it out with me. It was totally healing. Divorce is never the answer. Never. But through the grace of God and Holy Mother Churches, she, he put there as that protector, surrender in obedience to her authority, walk it out with her, and see what God wants to do through the Holy Spirit working through his church. And if you look at the, uh, the 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 order of that last, thank you. I, I jumped right in there. Thank you for for being. You're you're, you're always so transparent with uh, <clears throat> with with your life and 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 how the Lord has uh, has brought you on a journey. So thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm sure the, the listeners do as well. Uh, the last line, Jesus says, then then he Jesus strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So now he's saying, tell no one. And then he goes through his crucif- crucifixion. Uh, his death, resurrection, and then the Great Commission before he ascends. Now go baptize the whole world, right? So there's a difference. So Peter, he knew Peter wasn't ready. He knew the guys weren't ready. What made them ready? It was the Holy Spirit, Yes. right? So once they received the Holy Spirit, because this is all about evangelization. We're all about sharing the good news, and we're all called to it, not just our priests and pastors, not just the professionals. We, We are all called to share the good news, but it's the Holy Spirit that is the evangelizer. 
that we're called to participate in that, to be an open and, and willing instrument, but the Holy Spirit is the one responsible for evangelization. So, you know, you look at Jesus here, tell no one, and this isn't for us now, right? This is just for them. Uh, but for us is that great commission. Yes. Go now and tell the whole world. But we have to be careful then that we're not, as we said, trying to close the deal because we'll close the door of the heart. Uh, but we are just on our knees asking the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, come into our lives, fill me, pray for the people that we love, pray for the people that we meet, pray for, you know, the beginning of the day, if we're going to be in, in meetings or presentations or whatever, just just be a prayer warrior and uh, let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Rob, right on. And, and, and that evangelization we're called to, like the disciples, is not to talk about a philosophy, not to talk about just a way of life, not to talk about adherence to a couple of principles. It's about inviting people to a relationship. It's about a person. Who? The person of Jesus Christ, right? Not just a prophet, or C.S. Lewis would say, not just a swell guy, not someone who's equivalent to other great figures in history, but a person, the Son of God, hmm. okay? The Savior, our Lord. It's about a relationship. Um, and too many times in this day and age of, you know, new age and spirituality, and I can be spiritual and not religious, hmm. we lose track of the fact that this is about an intimate relationship with God the Father through a personal relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. It's not about any other philosophy, worldview, or other random set of principles. It's about a personal relationship. And that's beautiful, Tom, because you know what? I, I, I attribute my growth in my relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with my separated brothers and sisters, my evangelical Christians, who challenged me of stop just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. They challenged me into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And man, I mean, my hmm. heart came alive. I became on fire. But here's the key. I didn't leave Holy Mother Church. I let I let then Jesus take me to the Father. And then he took me into intimacy with him, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then took me biblically into the beauty and the truth and the deep roots of Holy Mother Church, which are all found in the Word of God, in sacred scripture, in the Bible. When I did that, I went, I mean, I, I, it's unbelievable. And I love it where it says here, but who do you say that I am? Oh my goodness. You could take the rest of mm -hmm. your life. In fact, God gives us all eternity <laughs> to figure it out, to go deep into those waters. He's God. He's Lord. He's my savior. He's my brother. He's my friend. And yes, through him, he's my father. Man, when you start going deep into these waters, your heart will come alive. You will have that great adventure, the abundant life, and that level of intimacy. My separated brothers and sisters, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, awesome. That's only the beginning. In the Catholic Church, we go into the intimacy. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 
Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.